Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Mud Her, season two of Rewriting the Mother Code podcast. Today I have two guests on my podcast, and I'm super excited about it. I have Celeste Charles and Megan Minchev, and they are the two powerhouse women behind Mother Forking Podcast. Yes, you can tell from the title that these two women have fun, and they're also incredibly authentic and real. And that's what I would say about the time I got to spend with them on my podcast. We dig into a number of topics in the mothering realm, particularly around what has it been like for them around receiving unsolicited advice, for example, and how they handled it. We look at, you know, what does it mean to make our own choices around some of our mothering decisions and how have we taken care of ourselves in that arena? You know, and we look at ways that, you know, we mother ourselves and just a really fun, raw, beautiful conversation. And I know you'll all relate in some way. You'll have some great takeaways from being with these two amazing women. Here we go. I have Celeste Charles and Megan Minchev, and they have an amazing podcast called Motherforking Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> the Motherforking Podcast. So really this raw, beautiful 
podcast. Yes, light and humorous at times, but at the same time, really digging into real issues, things that mothers face and really digging in in a very transparent, vulnerable, authentic way. So I get to have them on my podcast doing the same. So welcome, welcome. And thanks for being on. Thank you for having us. This is Celeste. Uh, We're excited to uh, be here. It's actually our first episode as guests. So thank you for being our first. Yeah, we're very excited. This is Megan. Hi, everyone. And uh, it was, it's great, too, because we just had you on not too long ago. So can't wait to get that episode out on our yeah. podcast. So thank you for having well, us on. I'm thrilled and I'm honored. I'm so glad we talked about doing this because it's awesome. Well, I'd love to kick off and I know you just said your names and introduced yourselves briefly, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about each of you, you know, individually, and then also how you, you know, came together and decided to do it. Cause it's not a small undertaking to decide to do a podcast and then doing one together, I'm sure has his own excitement to it. So if you don't mind, let's kick off there and share with our audience who you are. Want to do uh, alphabetically, so Celeste. <laughs> yeah, I can go first. Ah, so, good, yeah. yeah. There you go, right? Celeste Charles, um, here, all formal. I am a mother of two. And I'm also a personal trainer and podcaster now and mainly a stay-at-home mom. So I get the full feeling of being soaked in motherhood <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. often. I can let Megan introduce on how we um, kind of got the, the podcast rolling, but a little bit of, about it is um, it really has grown into a wonderful community, like a friend, really. It's just a place where Megan and I get with other moms and parents and just allowed a space to be really honest and just uh, raw about it. And Celeste, where are you from? And I'm sorry, I'm from Houston. So (laughs) that's actually where Megan and I met Houston, Texas, and uh, she recently moved. So I'll let her give her a little background. I am Megan Minchev and I'm originally from Maine. I'm currently living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but yes, as Celeste mentioned, I met her there in Houston to 2016. So what's that? Five years ago ish. And uh, it was outside of a Starbucks, <laughs> but I am a mom of two boys. Adrian is four and Briggs is three. Actually, sorry, Adrian is four and three quarters. He would correct me if he was here. (laughs) And I am a full-time working mom. I am a social media manager for an AI company. So I just started that in May. Prior to that, I was working for another software company. And I've always had some sort of creative outlet. And I was always into fitness blogging. And that opened up a lot of doors for me. And then that sort of took a hold when I got pregnant. And then I decided I need to do something instead of just being a mom. And I was listening to a podcast and first episode that they said was, if you're ever interested in doing a podcast, just do it. And I was like, well, that's my sign. So it was November, (laughs) 2018. And so I had two kids at that point and I was talking to Celeste and I was like, I really want to do a podcast and I feel like you'd be really awesome to do this with. And she's like, yeah, all right, cool. Well, I don't know what to do, but sure. And then that (laughs) January, 2019, we got together, guys watched the kids and uh, we came up with our name for the podcast and what we wanted to talk about, which is all things motherhood, because there's a lot of things that no one told us about specific things of motherhood. So here we are. Yes. And mother, forking because we do curse like sailors, but we've toned down on it. 
<laughs> yes. it's just really, and, it, and the forking comes with feeding, you know, feeding you, anybody, everybody, real stuff about what we go through as parents. And so that was our journey of um, being new parents. And it's funny because I actually met Megan when she just found out she was pregnant for the first time. And so mm-hmm. our friendship has always been, um, you know, been based on growing as women and mothers. So it's, it's pretty yeah. special. Well, beautiful. It sounds like you two are very blessed to have each other. Yeah. Totally. I love that you, you decided because it really is valuable. And you know, there's lots of voices out there and lots of things that we need to sift through, but anything that, you know, for sure is going for being just genuine, raw and real, uh, I think is you know, I give you you both a ton of credit. And you mentioned something that I'm going to pick up on because it's the first thing I want to jump into. And we're going to kind of have this theme throughout there around when you're particularly, I think, mothers of children, when you're from the time you're pregnant forward, you become, I don't know, this suddenly like a sign is put on you, like, you know, give me advice or something. I, I don't know. People, I found this and you know, I've had my own journey with it that I'll share while we're talking too around receiving unsolicited. There's one thing when we're asking for advice and trying to get advice from different sources, there's a whole nother one uh, we're getting unsolicited advice. So I found this quote, the best parents are those without children because they think, you know, we know everything, <laughs> right? Like if you don't have kids, then you know exactly how it should be done. So just as we were saying, there's so much advice out there. It can be confusing, overwhelming and conflicting. So when when you, you know, and you can each take this question and found out you were pregnant, was there unsolicited advice that just came, you know, at you, or we can say when you found out you were pregnant or while you were trying to get pregnant, either of those journeys are aspects of, you know, mothering children. If you don't mind sharing, if you have a memory of any of those that come to mind. I'll go first. This is Megan. Yes, I had a lot of that. I actually just this morning found out that a friend of mine is pregnant and we just talked about this very topic. And I was like, just, you know, be prepared that this is going to happen. And basically how I handled this, it came from someone who is pretty close to me and in the sense of we're not close, but meaning part of the family and it was constant. So, and it was, it wasn't even delivered in a way that it was like, okay, you know, I know she means, well, it was like, you should do this. You should do that. And I just, I have an issue with people constantly saying that. So I, uh, would just let it go in one year out the other and basically just say, okay, thank you. Like, that's how I, ended up resorting to anytime someone would just walk up and be like, Hey, you should do this. You should do that. Okay. Thank you. And just leave it, leave it at that. At the end of the day, though, you are the one who is pregnant. You are the child's mom and it's between you and your significant other spouse, whatever partner that you two decide what's best for you and your child. Yeah. And this is Celeste here for me, particularly, I feel like, so I am Latina. So I feel like a lot of times in our communities, we have, um, you know, it's like custom or cultural to feel like as an elder, you kind of just, you're entitled or, you know, you have your opinions and, and that should carry on. So I think for me early on, I got a lot of unsolicited advice from family. So it's been a journey and I feel like those comments and stuff, if, if you take it like in a positive light, it's a way of you already learning how to speak up for yourself and to set those boundaries. So that was what it was for me in my experience and uh, with my husband as well, a small example, 
might be like, you know, you just get overwhelmed with things you shouldn't do and breastfeeding and, and wait till your kid's this age and that. And so I remember my mom had a very hard time understanding bedtime. We weren't raised with a certain schedule or things like that. So she didn't see the importance of routine and just structure and how long a kid should nap and things like that. So, you know, it, it started early on, but like I said, you can take it in a way of like, this is just preparing you to set your boundaries. And like Megan said, it's about you and your family and what your spouse and you come to agreement on what is most important for your kid. Yeah. I was going to ask, thank you for, for sharing that one, Megan. I don't know if you have a specific example. Maybe it was maybe the most bizarre or unhelpful piece of advice that you've got. The one that really stands out and I feel like it's pretty relevant today, especially given COVID and what we're going through, but COVID back then wasn't even a thing is vaccinations. And we choose to vaccinate both kids. We've been vaccinated. And that was one thing that got brought up and caused a huge fight and a big rift in our family because of this family member saying something about it. So did not go well at all, but it was kind of like my straw that broke the camel's back. And also me being a first time mother and being mama bear and just being like, you know what, this kid doesn't have a voice. I'm going to be his voice. And this is how we feel. We feel strongly about this. We've already made our decisions about it. Stop shoving this stuff down our throat because it's not going to happen. So good for you. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, have to, absolutely. you got to stick up for your, yourself and your kids. No, exactly. I'm sorry. I was going to just underline, you know, the importance of this is, you know, the whole journey of motherhood is around, you know, doing the best job we can making the choices that are right for us. And exactly. it just happens to be an environment that can become inundated with either unsolicited, you know, sometimes well-meaning, but having to kind of weed out what's their stuff. And sometimes it may even feel like kind of a good idea being willing to explore. I mean, I'm always open. I don't want to just dismiss and say, I've figured it out and I'm right about this or that. But uh, at the same time, I want you know, to know myself well enough. And that's a lot of what, you know, I talk about on the Love Her podcast is how do we sift through our own wiring, what culture tells us and all of that to, you know, really. And then once we have made that choice, when the opinions come in, we see them as opportunities to, you know, stand up for what we believe or what we feel and still have our feelings about it. Cause sometimes it can be hurtful when these things happen, you know, not to dismiss any of that, but to also, you know, stay present with ourselves. So I, I love hearing, you know, these couple examples. It's one of the reasons my husband and I, I had heard the coaching. It wasn't direct coaching I got, but from someone else who got coaching from the couple's coach that we were seeing, which is kind of funny because we weren't pregnant yet, but when they got pregnant, she suggested to just consider not telling people, right away. And, you know, normally kind of in our environment, like, well, you don't tell people because in case you miscarriage, you don't want to, you know, have to reveal and, it, and it's vulnerable. So I never really bought into that necessarily, but she said, well, you know, there's something kind of precious about having that time, just the two of you, nobody knows. So you don't have to deal with that yet when it's so new and so vulnerable and you are making decisions. I mean, we were making the decision. We knew we would be making the decision, whether we were going to have a home birth or a birth in the hospital and what the, what we want to do. And we didn't want to deal with it, you know, at the time. And it was something that, you know, it might not be right for everybody, but it was not something I would have thought of doing without getting that coaching. And then was really glad I did because, you know, you're not showing, nobody knows yet, you know, to that you can't see it. So I figured if it's not 
hasn't revealed itself, I don't need to reveal it. And it was actually a really sweet time. You know, so there's various ways that we can deal with, you know, what's kind of coming at us. But I also, when I got pregnant and found out I was going to be giving birth in August, I think like, I don't know, seemed like a lot of people decided they, they needed to tell me like, oh, that's going to be really hard because it's going to be so hot. I mean, it just amazes me like the things. You know, yeah, uh, you hear well, it all. You definitely do. You Even like all, with right? your, like, you were mentioning your, with your birth plan. I think that's another huge one. People feel like they know everything and that you should do this. And as a new mom, that's never experienced anything. You only have these like few ideas or, or images of birth itself. It's scary. And it's something that it's just, you just really don't know until you're in it. And, but yeah, you have advice coming from, you know, to you left and right. And I think one of the best things advice that I heard was just like, you're saying, have that open mind and have your knowledge and learn that learn the options. And then mainly what we're saying is go with your gut. Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's you, you're the one that decides and you have to feel good about it. And you should want to feel good about your choices. And I feel like if you have those kind of people that are kind of hostile with shoving things down your mouth about things, and maybe those probably aren't your best people to be around, but you know, then there's also social media where you kind of, well, okay. You can escape it if you are like Celeste and sometimes just take a little <laughs> hiatus, um, I do. I but, have to. <laughs> which is smart, good for the mental health. But I've learned since having children. It's nothing that's directly happened to me on social media, but when I first had Adrian, I would put, you know, the monthly little blogs up on my social media just to let friends and family know, Hey, this is how he's developing, whatever. And of course I was excited. First time mom, I did it with my second two for the first year, but then I just saw how cruel people can be again, nothing directed toward my kids or myself, but in general, unlike these mom groups that I'm part of and stuff. And I'm just like, geez, maybe I shouldn't be posting stuff and just make myself vulnerable out there. So I've become a lot more private on social media. I don't really post too, too much of my personal life. And when I do, it's, it's very vague stuff, you know, but I don't really go too much into it just again, because of how cruel people can be. And it's not even having to do with motherhood. It's just, I think in general, like since COVID and everyone being in lockdown and, you know, pertaining to who we had as the president, who we have as the president now. And just like, I am kind of over it. <laughs> so that's why I just stick to posting things about books, our podcast, and uh, maybe a funny meme here and there. Yeah, no, I got it. Were you going to say something, Celeste? Oh, no, I was oh, just shaking you're... my head. Like yeah. Megan is, is yes. right. I, I, every now and then for my mental health, I have to check out just because it, I don't want to get overwhelmed or, or, you know, just, I need to have my space and my time to kind of step away from social media. And again, it was, it's nothing like anyone's personally said or done. I've done it forever. I guess it's probably our age of where we grew up with. We didn't have access to our every thought or every meal we eat. And so then that came later. And then sometimes I'm about it. Sometimes I'm not. And that's why this sure. podcast has been awesome because Megan and I have remained good friends. We've connected with many moms and parents through it. So yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Thanks. And I wanted to, as I said earlier, I really love to, you know, support moms, women, you know, people to make discern choices around everything in their life. Right. But when it comes to motherhood, when we're, there's so many options coming your way, or sometimes it's not that there's so many, we're all only told one option for certain things. Like this is how you do it. And you, I know for me, I would have never even explored home birth if I 
didn't have a boss who happened to have had one, right? Like that, I didn't hang around people who did that. I wasn't in an atmosphere to do that. So, and I was so grateful. It is what I ended up doing and a choice we ended up making that worked out well. But I think sometimes the the lack of knowing their choices can be as, as much of an issue as there are like, oh my gosh, there's so many choices. So that being said, I wanted to see if you were willing to talk about a choice that was challenging for you to make or on the other side, like a, a choice you made because someone did end up sharing with you maybe something you hadn't thought about before, but either way, you know, one that really took some exploration. And I love us all hearing each other's yeah. stories because it gives us perspectives and knowing each other's journey. I can go first. I have one in particular. Sure. A big one for me was, uh, I mentioned a little bit of it earlier, breastfeeding and the decision to do that. I knew early on in my pregnancy that if I could, and if I was able to, I wanted to breastfeed. And then there's the opinions and the things people tell you that, oh, breastfeed until this age, one, two, three, you know, like this is best and la la la. And so uh, I went in open-minded about it and just kind of decided if, again, like I said, if, if it worked out, I would go as long as um, maybe one year and see where it went from there. Well, what I didn't know is how hard postpartum would affect me mentally and just body wise. And so hormonal, I was, it was rough. Like I experienced a lot in those first couple of weeks of postpartum. I had mastitis. I had just a lot of things going on down there, as we all know. And, you know, you're, you're learning a baby, you're learning your new body. And so around, I would say four to like five months of postpartum is, I think that's when like the happiness, the honeymoon of like a newborn kind of faded away. And um, I was more in tune with like, okay, I don't, I'm, I know I'm happy with my baby. It's my first time, but I wasn't, I didn't understand the whole hormone changes that happens to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm a person that's always had anxiety, um, but because of the way I grew up, it wasn't really something that um, was prioritized. So I had to learn to deal with that um, growing up and like figuring out, you know, unmedicated ways to get better. And so I had a hold on that. And then once I was postpartum, I no longer knew how to handle my new hormones. So I remember going to, I want to say it was around nine months where I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I need to talk to my doctor. I went in and I think at the time it was a, um, it wasn't my doctor. It was like a fill-in, maybe a physician, a nurse physician. And she was like, well, there's this option for medication. And mind you, I've never had medication. I've never even went that route. So to me, it was intimidating. It was scary. And I was like, you know, I really don't know if that's the choice for me right now. And then she was like, another thing you could possibly do is allow your body to kind of an option is to probably decide to not breastfeed. So your body can adjust. And I, at the time I didn't have my period and I was like, you know what, this is hard. Um, and then I had opinions from my mom. I remember her specifically telling me like, you can produce milk. It's a, such a blessing and you're going to give that up and, and kind of making comments to make me feel kind of bad about it. Like that I'm, I was being selfish, but I was really just, I listened to myself and, and I, and I just had that gut feeling of like, just try this out. Like your baby's fine. You did it the best you could. Um, there's nothing wrong with formula. And so I think it was a coming to acceptance of like, okay, it's, it's fine. You, you need to just try it out. Sure enough. As soon as, again, this is my experience. It's, I don't know about everyone else. I stopped breastfeeding and, and right away the next month I got my period. And then I kind of started regulating and slowly mm -hmm. feeling myself more. And so 
the second time I had my kid and my second, my second kid, it was easier for me to decide like, it's okay. It's okay to decide that like, there's not a certain way to do things and that it's okay if you do formula and things like that. And I think that we just put so much pressure on ourselves as moms and listening to advice or opinions from people we love hurts. But you know, at the end of the day, you matter the most because we need to be the best versions of ourselves to be great moms. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go, it's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone, I will be honest. You know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings and If you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. It's so beautiful, Celeste. Thank you. And thanks for your vulnerability and and sharing it really because there are that is such a vulnerable it was hard it was hard I was like like I said I wasn't I've never I know I had anxiety but I wasn't like okay you have anxiety here's medication and and that's that could be a whole nother story but eventually I I did take medications I'm currently taking medications for that but it was it was hard and lonely because I was like the people that I love are judging me and I'm judging myself 
And it was hard. So um, even just having that shame of like, oh, you're, you have, you can produce breast milk and you're not. And so um, that's why having this safe space in this community, you know, allowed me to feel like it's okay. It's, it's your experience and, and you need to do what's best for you. Right. And, and, you know, to follow your body, to, to hear these different options and then sit with what, you know, feels right to you and then try it. Right. Like exactly. If that, if that didn't shift things, you know, not that you'd go back to breastfeeding, but you know, you would then have yeah. to explore a next thing. Right. And at exactly. that time medication didn't feel like the choice you were ready for yet. And you had this choice because that's, you know, the underlying theme of, you know, why I call it mother her is, you know, mothering the mother. Right. And really we have to take care of ourselves. So, you know, when I hear that selfish comment, you know, that always kind of wrangles me definitely. Right. Like, oh, yeah. That's so selfish. Well, I don't think anything we do that gets us in the best shape we can be is ever selfish, right? Yeah, there's any choice that we make is going to have, there's no like choice that doesn't have consequences, so to speak, right? Or, you know, the things that go with that choice. So yeah, so now she's not going to get your milk that your body produced or he, sorry, he, mm -hmm. I, I can't remember. And I think a lot of that too comes, no, you're good. Um, a lot of that stems from like, maybe my mom's trauma and the way that they were raised, like you're saying that there was no option for them. There was, it was not okay to just, you know, maybe formula wasn't accessible or, you know, affordable. So in her mind, she still has those views. So we've come a long way since having children, which is also another beautiful journey of like me healing and, and coming closer with my mom, but like it, it, it hasn't been easy. No. And, and underlining that you brought up, you know, generational trauma, right. And that's, something I always want, you know, women I'm coaching or that to explore is, you know, not only your history and wiring with your mother that, you know, when you have these kind of conversations is going to get stirred up, but then what she's bringing to the table when she's giving you, you know, advice or thoughts is, is her whole world and wiring and, you know, all of this exactly. coming together. So it makes those forces and choice points, but at the same time, it offers us opportunities to heal some of that trauma to bring, you know, that to the, to light and, and to the surface, you know, maybe this, this kind of engagement with your mom has been happening all along, right. Or, you know, the, the two of you arguing over different opinions, I, I'm just making something up or her being critical in some way that, you know, this is an opportunity to bring that to focus. And as I make my own choice this time, because that's what was so for me, I was very, kind of dependent, submissive to my mother and, you know, started my growth journey when I got married, but then, you know, having kids too. So that anytime I made a choice for myself, I knew I was breaking that pattern, you know, that childhood pattern of mine to just do whatever my mom said, like thoughtlessly, right. When we add that and know that we're doing something, yes, it's good for us, but we're also, you know, breaking a pattern that's gone on that hasn't been healthy for us or served us, you know, I, I like women to be conscious of that. So we get the full benefit, you know, from some of that healing that we're doing. And that's a perfect example. So thank you, Megan, did you have a so anecdote or examples? Or yeah, what we're talking about? I kept going back to epidural because mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to have a natural birth. Like I don't need the drugs. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. My mom did it. She could do it. I could do it. But when the time came that I was on the bed and the contractions, oh, 
gosh. And then there's another one, but anyway, so, um, when the time came that there were contractions, I was just like, I give me the drugs I need it. I'm just going to do it. But I just had this like negative connotation surrounding getting that all because, Oh, you know, it's going to be bad for the baby or it's, I'm not, my back's going to hurt for a while, which is true. It really did. And still, I Same. still feel it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, yeah, you know, I can do it. And then finally I just caved and, but it was okay. Cause it was like the last minute, the nurse that was in my room was like, you know, Dari, do you want an epidural? And I was in, cause she, she saw how much pain I was in. And I was like, no, I'm good. And she's like, all right. And then a few minutes later, you know, she sees, she's like, are you sure? And I was like, I don't know. What would you do? Just, you know, and, and I, I you know, you trust your nurse. And so she was like, honestly, I didn't do it for my first, did it for my second. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I said, all right, let's do it. I'm doing it. So taking that advice and just kind of putting everything aside that I really was all gung ho about before. And then having that epidural. I mean, it hurt really badly. I, I guess I wasn't that. supposed to feel it, but uh, it hurt very badly, like to the point that I was in tears and then I ended up throwing up, but the guy just was not that great at administering the needle. My second time around was much better. Cause I was so nervous. And I was like, is this supposed to hurt? She's like, no, it'll be fine. I'm like, are you sure? Cause last time. And she's like, oh, well maybe it was just a bad experience. I was like, okay. And then she did it. And I was like, you're done. She's like, yeah, you're good. And I was like, oh, I didn't even feel it. So anyway, after having the epidurals, it was amazing night and day difference. I was like, okay, anything can happen right now. And I'm just totally okay with it. It was great. <laughs> so I feel like I should have that administered every day of my life now to have that feeling back. <laughs> of being like, it's fine when the kids argue and yell and throw things. It's okay. It's fine. Just give me that um, right. Call me. But, uh, so the, what I, when I started talking to epidural about the epidural, and then I thought of something was actually something that my doctor for my first had really, should I use the word pressured? I don't know. I feel like it was, but hindsight it was so was like inducing. And she was just like, we're going to induce you. You're going to have, you're going to deliver on this date. And I'm like thinking to myself, I didn't realize that that I always thought inducing was for people who were in a, like it was an emergency you know, like, oh, we have to induce you because mm -hmm. a medical issue or whatever. I didn't realize that they just did it for fun. So um, I was like, okay. And I didn't know any better come to find out though. Like I should not have done that because I should have just had it. You know, my, my son, I was perfectly healthy. The pregnancy was great. The kid was great. I should have just delivered on my own when he was ready. And I did that with my second. Um, so looking back, I wish I would have not have listened to my doctor. I wish I would have actually listened to, I was going to a chiropractor at the time and she's the one she had at this point, three boys, or she was about to deliver her third, but she had said, if they say, go ahead, do induction, push back on them because here's the reason. And here's my experience. And she was also, or is also a friend of mine. So I, I had that always in the back of my mind. Unfortunately, I didn't go with that. Um, and I just went on the side of this is my doctor, you know, and I feel like she has my best interest, but at the end of the day, it was like, no, it was just because it was her timeline and that's what she wanted and to just kind of get me in and out and you've got your baby. Okay. Bye. You know? So it just, it was frustrating to me and going back to the whole unsolicited advice or not, if anyone ever asks me this, I would gently suggest, Hey, by the way, if you don't have to be in induced, just don't 
just don't do it. I just, I feel like it, it would have been a lot better of a uh, labor and delivery process for me and even my son. Cause at the very last minute, I mean, I was pushing forever. And then the very last minute she's like, Oh, we're going to do a C-section. And I'm like, after going through all that and I've torn already down there, like, no, no, this kid is coming out vaginally because he just is period. Like I'm not doing this. So thankfully, you know, I had like a little conversation with him. And I was like, dude, you got to get out. It's happening. You're not, this is, I'm not getting cut open for that. No. <laughs> so 30 minutes later, it. finally. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think I would say that those are the two major, at least with the deliver, labor and delivery process that really stick out in my mind. Gosh, those are such key ones, right? To consider. And, you know, everything from, you know, this might've been how I thought it would go. And then letting yourself be totally okay when you choose something different, you know, and, yeah. you know, not then beating yourself up like, oh, you know, cause that you know, can happen or someone, you know, can decide to like, tell you things like that, like, oh, well, this or that. So you really have to like, allow that. And I love that. It sounds like once you made that choice, you were there and that was, and that was great. And it, it's one thing when, you know, a doctor or that who we put so much, give so much power and trust to doesn't give options, right. Or doesn't say like, well, we want to induce you. We want to set it up. This, this is how that goes. You know, if we don't set a specific date for the induction, we'll, we'll let you go. So, you know, but just kind of give the whole spectrum, but I think well-meaning or not it's, and you mentioned something that's a little bit of a hot button for me is, you know, the, like their schedule and how to make it all fit, mm -hmm. like as if it's a business, you know, and it really, you know, it is a business in a hospital yeah. and they have to kind of, you know, run it like that, which works really well in some ways. And sometimes not, you know, always to our benefit, but you know, and then knowing that and then deciding, you know, the, the difference, I mean, those are probably the two reasons, <laughs> two other reasons not like the main reasons, like when we were sorting out hospital versus home birth, one of them was the fact that um, I knew I would have more leeway with induction at home, you know, with midwives that were like monitoring and kind of giving you a little more space to, if it wasn't like, cause literally it's like, it's this day, we're not giving you even one more day. If it's two weeks, like that's it. I'm like, well, if I'm perfectly healthy, like you said, right. and yeah. I'd like to go a few more days, you know, and see what happens, but you know, they have to follow a schedule. <laughs> Right. And mm -hmm. I didn't like being quite so put on a schedule and epidural wise. I mean, quite honestly, it's like, a, I also did have my mind. I really want to do this naturally and be conscious. And I knew doing it at home, like took the epidural off the table. I was going to have to deal with it no matter what. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but those were all part of the choice. Right. And when we're, we're making those choices now, I then will say the piece of the main unsolicited advice I got around that was a couple of years later, uh, a father of one of my daughter, my first daughter in preschool. And I was sharing that I had home birth and he was, he just like looked me straight in there. I was like, I think that's the most selfish thing anyone could decide to do. I was like, what Whoa. am I saying this to me right now? Wow. Now I, I don't know if I knew at that moment or then that like his wife had an emergency, you know, a pretty bad, scary mm. emergency around mm -hmm. her birth. So in his mind, you know, deciding to do it at home puts you in more danger, but obviously that's yeah. something you, you know, sort out and figure out and have to weigh all those options. That's exactly what um, we were saying right? is that um, one of the best advices that I got is yes. that um, to yeah, know you your options, to be an advocate for yeah. yourself, because once you feel like you're nobody, you're, you know, like you don't have any experience or anything like that, you're willing to just listen to, to anyone and ignore that that inner feeling of like, trust yourself. 
And so um, I too, hopefully, if we do ever do have our third and final kid, want to try something not necessarily away from the hospital, but now I have so much more knowledge and, and, and tools that I know that I can be a better advocate for myself when it comes to allowing my body to do what it you know, naturally can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see what that journey is like, but there's a lot that goes into that. And, you know, things that I think we could all know more about mm-hmm. is we kind of put it just in the like epidural, no epidural, um, yep. as opposed to what's possible on that journey. You know, what's when I reach that pain, like, what could I learn about myself? You know, there's just different yep. ways you know, that I would love us all to know more about. Cause we, you know, are so enculturated to think, fairly narrowly about it, which I think can really disempower us to have, you know, and and that we don't judge each other for the choices we make. Right. Exactly. As you were saying, like some of those toxic mom groups and that where it's, you know, it's one way or the other and that's it. There's no in between. There's no, there's no um, between and it's just, we do each other. It's pretty hardcore. And that's, yeah. And that's what I really want to start building and having these kind of conversations for sure. There's a couple more things I want to see if we can address in our time. And one of them is, you know, before we have kids, there's, you know, sometimes things in our mind, like, well, I will never do this as a mother, you know, (laughs) or, you know, we have this kind of illusion about how it's going to be, you know, I, I will say one example is, you know, I, I swore I would never feed my children fast food, right? We were going to, you know, eat totally healthy, you know, no sugar and for sure, no fast food. Like that was just not going to happen. And yes, we were all laughing because it it definitely did. I mean, there's road trips, there's the like, you know, between this or that. And it's like, so we definitely ingested our fair share of fast food, Um, (laughs) you know, and kept healthy like other ways, but either way, you know, some of these things that we think are you know, how we want it. I don't know if each of you have an example in that regard that you were so sure you were going to do, but, but things changed along the way for you. Oh, fast food's the one for us, for sure. Uh, especially with our first, it was like, we're going to eat fruits and veggies and just, you know, right. have the occasional red meat and definitely push the fish. Yup. Okay. That's how it's going to be. And it started out great, especially when it was just my husband and me, when I was exclusively breastfeeding. And then when we threw in the foods and stuff like that, the solids and it was always, you know, the good stuff, but then the second kid came and yeah. And your first fast- had his uh, taste of chicken nuggets. Yeah. Fast food just happened. I mean, whoops, you know, it was, it's convenient and it's quick and mm-hmm. it's cheap. So yeah, we, we fell into that. I mean, it happens, but yeah. we're healthy. We're not, you know, exactly. we're still active and stuff and Hey, a balance. And then, and then what we came to is this is like, okay, so these kids are going to get to be five or six. They're going to be invited to a birthday party. Then there's going to be McDonald's or there's going to be pizza. you know pizza, whatever yep. sweets. And then they're going to go crazy over it. And then they're not going to know their limit versus How about we just introduce it here with them, just guide them, teach them, hey, you know, this is stuff that you should have only once in a great while. And it's really not nutritious. It's really not healthy for you, but here it is. And then instead here, this carrot's healthier. So I will say that there's been multiple times where especially our oldest has, cause I think he's just more understanding and aware of nutrition and stuff versus our three year or yeah, three-year-old, but he'll choose for a carrot versus 
a bag of chips or something. Prime example, he just started pre-K and he wanted to now eat, have me pack him a lunch. And I'm like, you sure? <laughs> because I'm like thinking selfishly, eh, it's going to save us money. And if he eats at school and because this year it's like a free meal that they're doing, because mm-hmm. I think because of COVID, but it's a free meal there and it's going to save me time and energy. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I really want to pack my own lunch. I'm like, all right, cool. What would you like to have? And he's like, I would like cucumbers, carrots, banana, apple. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, do you want like chips in there? Like here I am, you know, being the one to say, and he's like, no, I don't want that. I'm like, okay, great. So he's been having really great lunches and I'm very happy. A couple of times I'll put in like a fruit roll up and doesn't even touch it. I'm like, wow, this is, I all right. Nice I'm impressed. Nice yeah. job. I am impressed as well. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Thank you. How about you, Celeste? Yes. For me, mine was definitely, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to stay away from giving um, my child an iPad or electronic early on or the, t- the TV time. And yeah. let me tell you that went out the window real quick. There's just been times where like in the grocery store or just even mm. when you need to catch a break, especially being a stay at home <laughs> mom, I'm like, you know what, this here's my phone. And as soon as he kind of started getting uh, interest in, oh man, that, that one show is like mesmerizing for them. Coco Melon. Oh, oh man. I, I my was kids just haven't like, discovered that yet. Okay. So, mm. or, or also Blippy. Yeah. Um, he's, he's pretty educational, but, um, you know, I, I was like, I'm not going to do it. It's going to, you know, make your kid addicted and this and that. But I have to say that a lot of what my kid has learned in graphs and even his vocabulary has come from like these educational shows. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, you know, as long as they're not okay. on it all day, it, right. it's not hurting any of us. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that was one that I was like, I'm not going to give him an iPad till he's, you know, so then when we had our second, I was like, okay, um, you can have an iPad too during this time. So it's, it's a nice little break. It's they're, like Megan said that they're, they're going to experience it somewhere and you don't want them to be like, what is this, you know? And, and the, Oh no, I did that. Are... Yeah. Well, I can so relate to that one. And when my kids were young, we didn't have the array of screens. Like literally it was just TV. Right. And that seemed like such a big thing. And my husband and I had gotten rid of our TV. So I thought I was just you know, books only so cool that I wasn't going to like have TV, which we, we didn't because that was something, you know, before computers or phones or iPads or anything like that. So it was kind of easy to just not have one. Right. Mm-hmm. But we could watch movies, but you know, there's certain things that ways I'm like glad that we didn't. And, you know, I'll stand by that. And at the same time, yes, they did still then like go to friends and like binge. And now I, you know, they're like, ha- I have them on like all they're 22 and 24 and they're like, you know, super screen. I'm like, I think I just overdid it, you know, but who knows? You know, no, I think so that's funny. just society make though. The choice, right? Yeah, I know. It's everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the very last question that I ask all my guests before we close up, if I could have each of you answer this question. So what does rewrite the mother code mean to you? And what's one way you're going to mother yourself this week? Ooh, that's a really good one. That's getting really deep, huh? Right. <laughs> You know, what's funny last night before closing my eyes or forcing myself to sleep. Cause I don't know. I don't know if it just becomes comes with like being a mom that you can't fall asleep easily or what, but I was thinking, man, I really need to focus more on being patient with myself, but allowing people around me to like 
speak. Okay. Example, my mom was here and, uh, I, I noticed myself and I hate that I did this a lot, but like, I would always interrupt her and I didn't let her finish speaking. And I'm like, Oh my God, stop, stop doing that. And so last night when I was falling asleep, I'm like, okay, I need to be more patient. Just let the person fully say what they're saying. I don't, I tend to do it with people that I know that I'm very comfortable with. So like my mom, you know, cut her off, even my kids and I'll just cut them up, but then I'll be like, Oh my gosh, like stop. So I, before falling asleep was like, I need to work on that. So I think maybe that's what I'm going to make my goal be this week of just being a little bit more patient and with myself, but then with others. Yeah. No, I get excited. That's okay. (laughs) I was just going to say that. I think that comes from Megan being like an excited person. Like you just have to, well, let me tell you what I, you know, I'm going to really tell you this. No, but I I love that. And just noticing and raising your awareness around it. And then I would add, you know, noticing like what you're feeling, there's might be a a reason you're in, you know, you're interjecting and interrupting in that way. So I will say, I feel like I'm just constantly on a time crunch. I just, I feel like I just need to go, 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 go. And that I don't have, and I don't know if that's because of the world I live in and my kid needs to be dropped off at this time and needs to be picked up at this time, but I have to get all these other things done. And then there's laundry and then there's this and that. And like, I don't know if it's that or just myself, like this, that's just how I operate. I don't know. Cause there's too much on my plate, but I need to focus on slowing down, maybe getting into yoga and just like <laughs> reframing my mind of like, Hey yeah. dude, just relax a little bit here. So I love that. I don't know. No, nice job. Thank you. How about you, Celeste? The first question, I think that that's, it's since day one for me. I don't want to say it's like um, learning to parent myself. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. not like that because, you know, we talked about it. Our parents did the best they could with what they could. But it's more of like, it's been a, a journey all along and and growing as I'm parenting. So I don't know if that's even an answer, but it's it's an ongoing yeah. thing, writing, rewriting yep. it. And mm-hmm. um, the second one for me is going to be, it's funny because I'm actually going through it right now, is being okay and at peace with holding on and letting things go and holding it on and letting things mm-hmm. go. Kind of like this little flow of just life and, and in allowing myself time for that giving myself more time to do things for myself. So, you know, you hear the self-care and and all that's a huge thing, but truly doing that and being okay with it. And I was actually talking to Megan not too long ago is allowing my husband to do more of, you know, fathering and being okay with it. Cause I, there's always like this sense of guilt. Like I I know I could do this better. You know, I'm over here getting irritated, watching him do things, but I'm like, you know what? He needs to do it. You're okay to take breaks, get out of here, go get a massage, go do something step away from your kids. So it's holding on and letting go if that makes no, any sense, but it that's totally kind of- does. No, those are both, both of you have, I think uh, a beautiful vision and assignment for yourselves that are meaningful to you. That's the point, right? Is yes. um, not having me tell you like this, you should go mother yourself this way this week, but we know what we need, right? Yeah. And, we, and then it's a matter of giving it to ourselves. And sometimes we need support or, you know, accountability or, or that to make sure we do it. But we really want to draw upon the wisdom and knowledge we have in, inside ourselves. It's really I love that. the key. Well, this has been such a delight. I can't stop talking, but we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to end. And um, could you let everyone know, of course, it'll be in the show notes and everything, how people can find you 
your podcast, however, however you want people to be able to get a hold of you. Yeah, we are actually on Instagram at Motherforking Podcast. <laughs> Twitter is Motherforking and underline because you can't fit that many in Twitter. Yeah. Don't really post too much on there. I think Instagram is more our jam. Yeah. So uh, we do also have bookstagram accounts yes, <laughs> where we, we are. Uh, that's yeah. a, another little hobby of ours that I sucked uh, Celeste she into. Did. I did, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's addicting. But anyway, it's literally a corner of Instagram where you get together and geek out over books. So oh, we've fun. been doing it for like a year and a half, I think now. And we've talked to some really great authors mm-hmm. and um, mother topics on there, parenting mm-hmm. topics. Um, oh, so yeah, you can check out yeah, our bookstagrams. Megan's is uh, bone chilling books, right? Oh, bone and chilling then, books, yeah. Yep. And mine's uh, heart racing pages. <laughs> well, those sound like amazing ways to, to be with you. And I invite everyone to check out your podcast because you guys have, you women have some really beautiful episodes and people will, I know everyone would gain a ton from it, but I thank you for being on mine. Yes. Thank and you for having you. us. This has been such a treat and delight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful, and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons, or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.